Alright. Here we are back at Two Guys, a Girl in that movie place. I'm Will. I'm Blake. I'm Trish. And sorry for the delay. Life happens. But this week we're talking about Snow White and the Seven Dwarves from 1955. Germany. Germany. Um... It was um, originally a German production, directed by Eric Klober. Klober. Um, it was released in America in 1965 and dubbed over by an American voice cast, which I cannot find. But the original German cast is Elk Ardent as Snow White. Ada Adermick as the Evil Queen, Didger Thomas as the Hunter, and Prince Charming was Neil Klausenzer. Uh, the 1965 American dub was narrated by Paul Tripp, and this is pretty much the most accurate to the Grimm's Brother fairy tale. As has been produced. This was Trish's pick. Trish, would you like to tell the story behind this movie? I love it. Okay, but would you like to <laughs> tell why you were looked okay. at funny whenever you brought it up when you were a kid? <laughs> I watched this movie on a home-recorded VHS tape. It just said Snow White. And um, I actually saw this before I ever saw Walt Disney's version. And I was obsessed with fairy tales and where they originated as a child. So the fact that this one was so spot on to the original German fairy tale, just it, it completely captivated me. And I couldn't figure out why none of my other friends had ever heard of it or even seen it even as an adult. Um, and I finally found out recently that, well, it's because it's a German movie from the 1950s. So that explains a lot. Um, so the... I've already forgotten what the original name in German is. <clears throat> Hang on. I have Google. It's... Yeah, it's that. Um, and so what I love about it is, um, first of all, the Huntsman, you know, doesn't... I'll go to the beginning. Okay, so it shows in the movie where the actual story begins. And it's the queen sitting in a windowsill and... Snow White's original mother, not the evil queen. Yeah, not the evil queen, the good queen. But she's sitting in the windowsill and she's sewing, I think. She is. Yep. And she pricks her finger and three drops of blood uh, fall onto the window ledge. The window ledge is snow covered and it's like a ebony. They describe it as an ebony window ledge. And so the, she sees the three drops of blood against the pale white snow and the dark black of the window. 
and she says, wouldn't it be nice if I had a daughter whose skin was white as snow, black as hair as ebony, and lips as red as blood? And that's true to the actual opening of the story. And I love that they portrayed that so perfectly. It's like the perfect scene in a movie for me. Um, it doesn't really ever show the father. No, it didn't. I thought that was... I didn't think it was odd because most fairy tales don't show the Most father. Disney tales don't. But yeah. this is one that is a Disney tale, but in its original form doesn't show the father either. The closest thing to a father figure we get in this is the huntsman. I yeah. Think. And um, so as Snow White is growing up, um, the queen, you know, I've, everybody knows the queen asks the mirror, who's the fairest of them all, when Snow White basically hits puberty she becomes fairer than the queen. So the queen, you know, she sends the huntsman to kill her in the woods. And you're, you're, you're skipping. Did uh, I skip? You skipped a major part. Well, then you tell it because I'm excited and I'm going to go fast. She, the queen, the Snow White's mother dies at childbirth, I believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the father waits a year, a year to remarry. And he marries this heinous cunt. Yes. Pretty much, and um, who's vain as hell. Yes. Only concerned with her own appearance. Yes. And all's good for the first, you know, 14 years or so of Snow White's Snow White life. Puberty. Then she hits puberty, and the queen locks her in a goddamn tower. Oh, yeah, I know where you're getting that. And, you know, fast forward to Snow White being locked in the tower, and it shows somebody riding up on horseback. And it's Prince Charming, with the biggest fucking nose I've ever seen on a person. <laughs> he rolls up to the castle, and he's he like... He rolls up? It's like, In his Mustang? <laughs> yeah. But, uh... The guards are under strict orders that nobody can get in to see Snow White. And the gate guards, you know, cross their lances, trying to block... Prince Charming from uh, getting in. And dude just blows right by him. He's all like, get your weak game out of here. First time he's seen this chick, he sees her from like 100 yards away and he's just... And the huntsman is the one that shows him. Yeah, the huntsman takes him over to where he can get a, just a little sneak peek of her. And he sees her for all of 15 seconds from like 100 yards away and he's automatically head over heels in love. I'm, I must have her. I must have her. She must be mine. Kind of bullshit. Then the queen. Yeah, because he gives the huntsman a necklace. Right. To he, give to Snow White. Yeah. And the queen finds the necklace and goes ape shit and sends oh. the huntsman out. Because the, the prince names Snow White the fairest in the yes. land. Yes. The prince names Snow White the fairest in the land. Says whoever possesses this necklace is the fairest. Queen finds it. Flips shit. Goes and talks to her mirror. Mirror says, Snow White! Snow White is the fairest in the land. Queen calls for um, the huntsman to come. And we really need to talk about child labor laws in the sun. Yeah, because the little boy yeah. that's wearing like the turban and the weird yeah. shorts. Yeah. He's listed as a moor. The moor mm. child. That's his name. The moor child. Yeah, that's not a good look, Germany, especially <laughs> that close after World War II. Yeah. It's really not a good look, guys. 
I tried to find his name, and it was just the Moore child. Yeah. There's not a lot of information about this movie out there. Yeah, it's one of those ones that was, like, a lot of the information about it was just completely lost. Yeah, it's on the verge of being lost media. Um, I'm not saying with a little bit of work you can find it on YouTube, but I'm also... With a lot of bit of work. Not saying with a lot of bit of work you can (laughs) find it on YouTube. Okay, so what I loved about this version is the huntsman argues with the queen and straight up refuses to kill Snow White because she's a child. And, you know, she's dear to him. He calls her, you know, dear sweet child. And she threatens him. She threatens him with imprisonment for the rest of his life if he disobeys his queen's order. Yeah, and um, imprisonment, as they explained what in the information I found, was that when he was taken eventually to the dungeon, he was... What's that? He was put on the... Um, Shackles. Nope. The rack. The rack. He was stretched on the rack. Um, so she tortured him. But the huntsman takes Snow White out into the woods, and, you know, he tells her that the queen wishes her to be dead... She begs him, and he literally, you know, just tells her to run away. Flee far from her own kingdom. Yeah. And so he leaves her in the woods. And, you know, as with Disney's version, she stumbles through the forest and finds the cottage of the seven dwarves. This is where we get some three little bear shit going. Yeah. We get Goldilocks because she walks in, and this is true to the, the original story. She walks in, and she sees everything. She drinks out of their cups, eats off their plates, sits in their chairs, and then she goes and, you know, tries out the beds. She's so tall that, you know, she has to put a couple of the beds together. I have a complaint. Who leaves porridge? Yeah. Why they go to work right. for hours? Because it was still warm. Yeah, and what <laughs> bowls were those? But, um... So, the dwarves come home. Blake had the song stuck in his head for a week. And I can't even remember the words of it now. (laughs) I'm glad. (laughs) But it is a catchy little tune. Um, It's nothing like Hi-Ho, but I like it Seven little men. Yeah. On their way to their minds. Up the seven mountains and down again and all that stuff. Seven little men. (laughs) Oh, no. That's payback for the Jeff Bezos song, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. But Um, this is where I have a major complaint. The dwarves are children. Some of them just have little fake beards, which is fine. It's cute. They're kids. They're playing make-believe. One or two of them have full-blown old age makeup on. It's not even done really well. Bad old age makeup. (laughs) And it is horrifying. (laughs) Horrifying. But they're acrobats. These old dwarves are acrobats. Oh, yeah. Because, like, when they sing... And that's all they do is sing and dance with their home. And But they, like, flip and... Yeah, it's like you're playing a monk in D&D and get a nat 20 on your acrobatics (laughs) roll. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so Snow White, you know, tells them her story, and they agree right away 
to basically hire her as a housemaid and cook. And would you like to name off the original names of the seven dwarfs? Well, I don't think these are the original names. These are the names in the movie. Yeah. In this version of the movie, in the 1965 American voiceover, we get. Instead of Dopey Doc, Bashful, Happy, Sleepy and Sneezy, we get Whitey, Blackie, Bushy, Eddie, Teddy, and Trisha's favorite. Oh, you forgot Freddy. I said Freddy. Oh. I said Teddy and Freddy, but Trisha's favorite. Bim Bam. Bim Bam. (laughs) He's a little redhead, and him is so cute. And from what I saw, he's the only one of the dwarves still on this earthly plane. Yeah. He was the youngest, which is why he was the equivalent to Dopey. Yeah. Because he was silly. And he had a huge crush on Snow White. Every time, like, they would leave for work, he'd pick her flowers and stuff and kiss her hand. Yeah, they they all had a little bit of, like, if, if this was today, they'd all get me too Yeah. Now, it's time for Blake's big complaint about Snow White herself. She dumb. she is very dumb because is is she dumb or is she young I mean I'm going to play devil's advocate here it's not that she's young because now remember she hit puberty right and that's when the the queen sent her away Right. so she was about 14 and it's it explains in the movie thing it's not a few days it's 10 years but where I'm going with this is she was 14 when she was cast out, correct? Uh-huh. So she'd be 24 when the queen found her. She'd been she'd spent all 14 of the previous years in the castle. Mm-hmm. Then she goes from the castle to the home of these seven old men. Mm-hmm. The girl knows not of this world. She is very unwise. She's very naive. Right, but it shows an evidence of the movie. Like, they warn her about things and all of that. So she's not... She can't be that naive. Okay, well... She's 24, and in this time, when the story was originally told, she's an old woman. We we have children. Mm-hmm. And you know, as well as I do... We can tell them not to do something because they will get hurt until we are blue in the face and pass out. And they'll say, oh, okay. But it takes them actually doing it and getting hurt before the message actually sinks in that, oh, crap, maybe I ought not be doing this. That's true, but we're getting away from the point. So, in the original tale of Snow White, it doesn't go straight to the poisoned apple. Um, Ten years later, the queen finds out that Snow White is still alive, and she decides, I'll do this myself. Again, she has the huntsman put in the dungeons. She has him stretched on the rack and tortured. And um, the first attempt, the queen shows up disguised, and she's selling belts. And Snow White falls in love with his belt. And, the, you know, she uh, offers to put it on for Snow White. She laces the belt slash corset so tightly 
that Snow White can't breathe and she passes out. The dwarves catch, you know, find her when they come home. She's laying in the floor of the foyer and they loosen the, well, they cut the belt off of her, don't they? Yes. They cut the belt off of her and it revives her. Now, this, they tell her, you know, don't let anyone into the house, da-da-da. So the next time the queen comes, Snow White is outside and she refuses to let her in the house. Again, she is um, disguised and she says, you're absolutely right. You should never let anyone into the house, but maybe we can sit out here and you can give me a drink of water. And she, you know, opens her basket. She's got these beautiful combs, these handmade combs. Snow White falls in love with one of the combs and she says, well, here, let me put it in your hair for you. And she basically stabs her in the scalp with a poisoned comb. Again, the dwarves come home, discover Snow White is unconscious in the yard, take the poisoned comb out of her hair. They have to give her, oh, what was it that Whitey said? Uh, mm, I can't remember. Some kind of tea, lots yeah. of rest, and lots of blankets. Yeah, I couldn't remember exactly what, exactly what kind cool of rag, tea it was. Yeah. But Whitey is one of the children in bad old age makeup. And he is essentially Doc. He is Doc, and he, he's quite disturbing. <laughs> he is. Um, so, you know, again, she's fine, and they tell her, you know, don't buy anything from anyone, don't let anyone into the house, da-da-da. They go to work, and last but not least, the queen finally, like, makes this magic potion, dips an apple in it, you know, completely changes her age and her, you know, the way she looks, full, you know, balls to the wall, disguise. And so she says that she's there to deliver the dwarves' apples. She delivers them once a year for their pies and whatnot. Snow White's smarter this time. You know, she won't let her in the house. She goes into the house and she won't talk to her. And so she's like, well, here, I'll cut it in half. You have half, I'll have the other half. Well, she's only poisoned half of this apple. So she gives the poisoned half to Snow White. Of course, she's dumb and she takes a bite and we all know what happens. But this is where it diverges a little bit from the Disney mm -hmm. as to what happens with Snow White. Yep. Um, one of the Queen's chambermaids hears the plot mm -hmm. and goes and sets the huntsman free from the dungeon. And the huntsman rides, instead of riding to help Snow White. Yeah, instead of going to warn Snow White, he goes the opposite direction to find the prince. Goes like two or three kingdoms over to find the prince to bring back up as it were um a dollar or yeah a dollar short and a day late yeah it's like four months because like they went yeah. through fall and winter and spring yeah she's in this beautiful glass coffin and finally the huntsman and charming show up and they see her and charming's beside himself He's heartbroken. heartbroken, sad, sad, sad. This and is what I love. He begs the dwarves to let him take her to his kingdom to be laid to rest in his family's cemetery, mausoleum, what, what have you. And they relent and let him take her. And they're, you know, doing the whole funeral, funeral procession, carrying the coffin. And one of the dwarves trips. Because, well, it's the forest. It's the forest. He trips on a root. And drops his part of the coffin. 
In doing so, it dislodges the piece of apple that was stuck in her throat, thus waking her up. Because that's how poison works. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> how poison works. There's a big, oh, Snow's alive, we're so happy, the dwarves start, you know, they, they start moving around like you're playing Tekken but don't know the button combinations, but you're playing Eddie <laughs> Gordo and you just go flipping across the screen. Yeah. And um, Charming proposes right then and there, says he must marry her, he must have her as his bride, he's in love with her, he's... She's his one true love. He can't live without her. She offers... She's like, oh, but I can't leave the dwarves. And Charming is all like, well, they can come live with us too at the castle. But they won't leave their little hobbit hole. Yeah, it's their home and, you know, their livelihood. And, you know, what I loved is it wasn't true love's kiss that revived her. Charming technically didn't save her. It was a happy accident. So I do love that. Because you get a lot of that in, um, you know, Disney. And um, they end up having the wedding at the dwarves' mm -hmm. place out in the woods. And, of course, they bring gifts and everything. And fucking Bim Bam. Bim Bam brings the fireworks. And it's awesome. <laughs> Bim Bam brings the heat. He does. <laughs> Overall, it is my absolute favorite uh, fairy tale movie. Like, it's my favorite version of Snow White. And I've seen almost every single version of that movie. Even the really bad horror movies. The one with Sigourney Weaver was awesome, though. It was not. It was. I was not impressed. I was. Well, we're going to watch it again, then. Okay. So, baby, what are your uh, overall... My overall outlook on this movie, I liked it. Hated the music. Absolutely loathed the music. <laughs> um, everybody was really high energy. It reminded me of what it was like to be young and ignorantly blissful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of dancing. Like, every time she was revived, there was a little dance party. <laughs> I was like, hey. But, Blake, was it a pants-off dance-off? Oh. That would have been really weird. It would have yeah. been weird. I think we would have found the wrong Snow White movie if that was the case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one's out there. We used to sell I it know. at the store. <laughs> but, that and Veggie Tales. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. Not the one you're thinking about. Yeah, I, I'm imagining because I know the store you worked at. <laughs> That cucumber should have never gone there. Oh, no. We're getting off subject. So, baby, um, out of five stars, what would you give it? Three and a half. Three and a half. That's I give a it lot more like, than I expected. Yeah, I give it six. Six out of five. An improper fraction, if you will. If you could change anything to make it better, Blake, what would you change? All of it? Well, it gave it three and a half stars, so he's he liked some of it, most of it. Um, there definitely needs to be like date titles to let you know how far is past. Yeah, it. because it seemed like the, they made it seem like the queen made it over seven mountains and back in a day. 
Yeah. My, my question about that is, how did she go without being noticed for that long that she wasn't there? Because, I mean, yeah. if a monarch leaves the castle, that's a big deal. I mean, look at the English royalty. Yeah. Well, it was a German royalty, so. Yeah, fair enough. <clears throat> my thing about the movie is the actress that played Snow White and her mother. Those two women... While I was watching the movie again as an adult, I noticed a lot of the um, mannerisms that they had. I had picked up in my childhood. Um, they were just like the complete picture of perfect beauty to me. And so that's where like, as an adult, I'm realizing that's where I got my standard of beauty from. So you saw this movie at an extremely impressionable age. Yes. I was like six years old when I watched this movie the first time. And so, like, I've noticed um, some of the men, even with the evil queen, when, you know, the huntsman finally relents and agrees to kill Snow White, she just kind of stops, looks at him and says, good. And it's that tone, the enunciation, the hard D, like, I do that. I do that. I've always done that. And I think that may have been where I got that from. Because I just, I love the way it sounded when she said it. It resonated with me. Like the whole posture, body language, and everything. So. Um. I would give this a two. Aw. I really You're didn't. You're a dick. I am. We've established this. But I really didn't care for it. Like I said, the dwarves the it bothered bad you. old age makeup really bothered me. I think uh, I just I hold it at a higher level because it's so you've special. You've got to the me. nostalgia goggles on. Yeah. Is why you love it so much. And I understand that. I've got movies that I well, watched also as just a kid. The art of it, like yeah. even though it was really hard to watch because it's such an old movie and it, even getting it on Amazon it was still poor quality. Yeah. Just like the way the colors and like that first scene with that, the queen I agree with that the, it's just um, perfection it's poetic the collars really popped I believe they used three strip technique collar for the uh, film and the coloring process yeah. and it looked beautiful it, I don't know if any of you listeners have seen the original Suspiria but the color saturation in that is on par with it it's just beautiful I yeah, so I think it's that. really the artist in me that like calls out to this movie so much. That's why I hold it in some. Because the acting, honestly, the acting sucked. The acting was shit. And we all um, know how you feel about bad acting. <laughs> I do, but the artistry of the movie, the fact that it's so close to the original, and just the beauty and the way, the gracefulness of the leading lady, like those three things, kind of outweigh the bad acting for me. Yeah, like I said, you're looking at it through nostalgia goggles, which I understand. They tend to tint everything for the positive. I mean, I love the Garbage Pail Kids movies. Oh my so. god, I do too! And we all know what a train wreck that is. It was not. Alligator was, like, the best. Trish, that movie was awful. And it was not I awful! I say, that movie Coming was Coming from the guy who likes shitty B-movies! But I will still give that movie a 10 out of 10 every time. And but it was not it. awful. Just like Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck was objectively awful. It but I still love it with of all was. of my heart. But Garbage Pail Kids was not. It's like you not liking Oingo Boingo or anything Danny Elfman. Your opinion doesn't matter. Fucking hate Danny 
Danny Elfman is a musical genius. Danny okay? Elfman is a fucked over. He is not. He is. I love him. Like. <laughs> oh, I believe we're going to have some domestic violence on our hands tonight. <laughs> All because of you, Danny Elfman. Consensual. Consensual. <laughs> I hope you're out there listening to this and know you're Oh my the God, that would be the bee's knees. This is your fault. <laughs> this is all your fault. <laughs> but, so, we did... We all agree that the movie had some good points and a lot of bad points. Yeah. And I'm with Blake on... I would have liked to seen more of a Tom stamp as yeah. Tom progressed because that was... Like Trish said, it made it seem like this... Evil Queen was the Flash or Quicksilver flying across these mountains. (laughs) But, I mean... And all of this happened within a week. Yeah. When actually it was like 20 years. Oh, because what they leave out in the movie that is true in the story is in the movie you see, you know, a storm's coming. She gets... The Evil Queen gets over the bridge. She's running away. And she gets struck by lightning. Well, that's the end of the Evil Queen. But in the original story, 10 years later, because Snow White is dead for about 10 years, um, the queen asks the mirror and she finds out that the bride of a prince is the fairest of the land. So she goes to the wedding, sneaks, and she is completely just enraged to find out that it's Snow White. So she kind of goes off the deep end and tries to kill her again. And the prince recognizes the queen as a threat and as punishment for what she had done to Snow White to begin with, makes her wear red hot iron shoes and dance in them until she falls dead at the wedding. And after she's dead, they just kind of go on with the wedding. Just dance around the corpse. It'll be fine. Yeah. (laughs) So that's cool. I kind of would have liked to have seen that play out in the movie instead of the That would have been bolt. amazing. That would have yeah. been, like, a huge perk. Yeah. Because it was really kind of disappointing that she just got struck by lightning. And, oh, look, it's the queen. She died. And she'll poke her with a stick. Yeah, that's kind of what the, how the dwarves reacted. Oh, it must have been the queen. But I think that will pretty much do it for this episode. I want to remind you we're sponsored by Creative Juju. Yes. Get all of your bath and body works all your shampoos conditioners soaps lotions lotions, makeup makeup if you can dream it we can make it yep um go to shop creative juju on etsy and look at what they've got if you're into wax tarts and you're into tarot oh yeah tarot tarts are the thing for you yep every wax tart gets a free tarot reading yep so yeah oh the next movie on our list is... Radius. Radius. That is Blake's pick. Yeah. I was really spontaneous with this one. I don't remember where I found it. But I seen a preview, I believe, or something of that nature, and I decided that was a good movie. And we'll talk about that on the next episode and how enraged I am. I'm kind of right there with Trish on that. <laughs> But until next time, I'm Will. I'm Trish. And I'm Blake. And we're two guys, a girl in that movie place.